Hello and welcome back to the Miss Amanda Chen Show. I've got some new episodes for the 100 Mass Men series where I anonymously interview different men from all walks of life about dating, sex, gender roles, and the meaning of masculinity. The internet is a weird and wonderful thing, loaded with more than enough information and the ability to connect with literally anyone in the world. And here I found myself with a gay man who writes in the woman's point of view for erotica novels, and I just needed to learn more. Mass Man number 24 is the erotica writer. We talk about the cliches we always see in erotica novels, and there's a rich, attractive man that somehow takes interest in this lowly woman who obviously works for him, and how this titillating content can bleed into our own desires for relationships in real life. Does it need to feel like a rom-com to be worthwhile? Are we doomed to always be wanting to live out someone else's sexual desire? It makes me wonder. How much do I really know about what I'm attracted to versus what I've been trained to think I'm attracted to? And even though we may think that there's every type of porn available on the internet, maybe it's not as accessible as we think. I hope you enjoy the show. I was born in the Philippines. I have one sister. Just I moved here when I was in, when I think, I can't do math right now. So I was 13. It was 2001. I'm I'm a Libra. My parents took turns of being the churchy one. So I think my dad was like a lector. And then basically, I think in the Philippines, like my, like I guess like moving to Canada, you know, it's it's hard to find your footing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like most, most people find their footing in God. So there's that. And, you know, being, growing up with religion kind of maybe backfired into what I am now. <laughs> What, what do you mean it backfired? No, I guess it's like I'm as a gay person, it's you know, growing up with Catholic parents is not the easiest thing. And either I repress it or I rebel. And I chose, but like I chose the latter. And I kind of am still choosing the latter in one way or another. So, what was the first, what was the prompt that was the first like erotica thing that you had to write? No, it's basically just like, um, yeah, it's, it's, Basically, like a Fifty Sheets of Grey knockoff, like, hey, it's a curvy girl and a billionaire. I used to go to websites that would have written gay porn, and I'm sure, and I'm sure, actually, you know, yeah, like some straight people would be into that. They they did a lot of positions. Yeah, that's another thing too. Or just like, or like, I mean, he wouldn't slam her in a mirror. So I guess she'd be like looking out in the mirror, or like he would doggy her or something. So I guess that's if yeah, I guess if you're looking for the if you're looking for the hot part of the romance, that's that. We're just you know. They're naked. Her face would be that. Her body would be touching the glass, and the other side of the other side of her body, he was touching. So that's, I guess, that's the hot part. I'm, there's yeah, there's this assumption in the market that like, written porn is for women, so just more romantic than hot. And like sometimes romantic is hot. So it's happy. Yeah, it's a happy coincidence. Maybe I'm making assumptions here, but I guess it's like if if it's visual porn, I'm assuming most men would be into that. But yeah, I guess like I think women actually have the patience to read okay so it's like more like the details of like like smaller details within that scene yeah and i guess it's because of the porn that i was working on i guess most of the guys were rich so basically and oh yeah i think there's like i think i made another scene where they met in a hotel room basically like threw money at her which is like such a cliche which of course he's gonna throw money in the bed in her naked body because he's a billionaire i think that's so dangerous that even regardless if it's video porn or written porn, it's about like, you know, some rich dude that has all the power in the world and just decides what happens in the bedroom and then the girl just kind of like receives it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like that's something I never really consider. We're just, I guess in the stories that I have, it's just, like, he just knows what I want. It's like, he ne- she never, hey, I want to try this. Because yeah, like in my, my female characters are always just there in 
they're in conflict of the fact hi like this is a rich guy billionaires just they ex- they steal their money they exploit people for their money like they don't just earn it so like conflict with that but at the same time but he's so hot the sex is so good and like yeah the thread count sheets and um the view and the hotel rooms and the mansions are just part of the sex as as the sex mm, interesting you know I, I hate it when I mean, you'd see like those Instagram posts or whatever, and it's just kind of like everyone going back to just like, because the sex is so good. And it's like, but everything else about this person is like complete shit. Right. Yeah. And I I don't think like, I think those books and those stories add in that layer of expectation of like, oh, but the sex is so good because there was that scene and the romance of this and that it feels taboo and it feels wrong. And it's just like, people are attracted to more the wrongness than the actual quality of the sex. Like, what do you think about that? Uh, like, this, they're more attracted yeah. to the scene, you know, versus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I'm thinking about the sex that I would have versus like, the sex that I would write. But yeah, like my sex partners or whatever, like the sex would be good. And then after afterwards or whatever, like, I oh my God, I have nothing in common with this person. But I think maybe the lifestyle of my characters we're having sex with like it's like hey like we have something in common now you're rich i like your money it's like which is like the yeah again it's and then i guess it's like since well like the scenario is you know like i'm working for you and we're both sort of ambitious and driven so that's that's something that's like that's something that that my two protagonists in like the one book that's what they had in common in in the second book it's like she was a ballerina was being exploited by her choreographer and then like she meets a billionaire and he's actually nice to her how the people treat each other either in bed or outside of bed is sort of enough, which I mean, yeah, again, it's a fantasy. Obviously in real life, it's not enough, but you know. Interesting. Like, so I never read 50 shades of gray, but so you're saying that first there's a power dynamic is that she works for him. You know, he's rich. She likes the money. And on top of it, he somehow is treating her like special. And I think that's like a big, like straight couple thing needing to be the apple of someone's eye you know, for this yeah. to be like a fantastic sex. But I, I don't know, I'm generalizing. I don't know what how, how gay people fuck. But like, if I would assume that, I mean, there is a generalization of like grinder and everything that guys just like fucking everybody, you know? And yeah. I think if it's two men, most men are able to separate sex from feelings, right? So yeah. how- I can't- Do you agree that or no? Yeah, like, yeah, sex is better if I have feelings for somebody. And yeah, and I guess it's, to me, it's, well, I guess, yeah, like, Again, not all not all gay men are like. There's like a tendency in me that just basically I get like sexually bored, just or just yeah, to get bored with a sexual part after having sex with them for so long. So that's why I look for somebody else. Which that is something I need to work on. Is it um, because there's just so much available? Why do you get bored? Is it because it's that's all it is? I guess it's like basically that? well, like I already know you. I already know what you're gonna do. And I guess it's also <laughs> maybe. I think I think maybe it's like the permissiveness of it. We're just because uh, yeah, like there's this expectation maybe because of gay porn that gay sex is rough. So like the first time, oh my god, like the rough sex is so good, and then a year later, this rough sex hurts. Right. Please, and then but instead of blaming the mentality, like we blame it on it's just him, as opposed to maybe it's like a pervasive cultural thing. But then you meet like a romantic, sensitive guy, and just like I don't feel anything. Just go harder, and then I stop seeing that guy too. So it's it finding that mix of that person but at the same time let's just yeah there is sort of that conversation when like the sex goes bad it's like how do we make it instead of just like sticking with the person like how do we make it better we just leave and roll the dice and hoping that the next guy does it better interesting but 
don't you have like emotional ties to that person where you're like, let's, let's try to make the sex better. Or do you not want to do that? Cause I think it's different with women. I think, I mean, just because every time it's like a new risk of pregnancy or diseases or like whatever, right. Mainly pregnancy, I would say that like to go seek another partner and then have that whole conversation and do all the things and whatever. Yeah. Um, most women tend to just settle. Right. So yeah. for the emotional context, whereas you're saying if the sex is bad, then you just leave for a potential, <laughs> you know, new sex. Yeah. yeah. I guess like another thing, it's basically two of my lasting relationships are with white men who are richer than me. And sometimes white men who have better finances than me are not necessarily the most politically aware men. Mm-hmm. And but, yeah, I think that sort of, that sort of clouds of judgment too. It's like, Hey, like, he just said something about politics that I didn't like. And then I had sex with him later. And maybe the reason why I didn't like having sex with him is because of what he's like subconsciously is because of what he said at the dinner table before, or maybe I ate something. And then, yeah, I think the, one of the guys that I'm seeing right now, actually, like I do have a lot in common with him, like politically, I guess, yeah, the sex is getting stale, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, like maybe the fact that like, I'm actually like of like mind to this person is like something that I can be working at. But yeah, like, I think I see straight people all the time. We're just like, they're like on and off and on and off and on and off. And just like, just end it. Why are you trying to make something work that it's not working? Yeah. I guess like it, maybe it's my homosexual disdain for the patriarchy or heterosexism that just like, I guess my assumption is just like straight people just want to stay with like the one person, even though it's not working out. We're just, Whereas just us, it's like more fleeting, which is, it's, yeah, like both systems are flawed. Well, I think it's, it's interesting. Cause like when I, when I speak to some gay men, they're just like, oh, like the, the pool is pretty small, right? Cause only so many people that are gay and so many people that are out, right? Like in consideration to the majority of straight people, right. And, True. and what that's out there. So I would think that if that was the case, that gay couples would stay with the only couple that they find, you know, and like not go yeah. find more yet. It's somehow the opposite when there's like technically an abundance of straight people and they just keep, they just choose one person for some reason and yeah. like stay there. And I think, I, I don't know if that's the patriarchy yeah. or whatever, but it doesn't make any sense. My sort of counterpoint to that would be just, I guess, yeah, like going back to what I said about Puerto Vallarta, just there's all, I mean, there's like this, idea that like there's like this haven somewhere where with hundreds of like shirtless like hot gay men and one of them could be for you and i guess you don't need puerto vallarta for that like there's downtown toronto we're just like i I would turn on my grinder and then just oh it's the same kilometer two kilometer radius of just like well and i tap people who don't tap back but i'll tap them anyway until they tell me to like fuck off or something or I just don't interact with these people because I know either they're not my type or they they haven't interacted with me. What's the point of talking to these people who don't want to talk to me back? But then, you know, I I make either the mistake or the the opposite of mistake. Yeah, like, I'm an English major. I don't know what the the antonym of mistake is. Mm-hmm. I fortunately opened my grinder in another neighborhood. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, these are men I've never met before. You know, like I'll, I'll talk to them and hopefully this something happens and some, sometimes this happens. Okay. Yeah. Um, interesting. I know you said earlier that you're able to speak from a male perspective because you're usually a bottom. So like, what is the dynamic of tops and bottoms? I think yeah, my, my perspective is it's also different just because um, I guess like in the Asians or at least in like the Filipino world, if you call yourself gay, you're automatically a bottom where like uh, most tops are bisexual straight or guys who call themselves straight or maybe they're bisexual. But like, yeah, they they're they say they're attracted to women, but like, you know, sometimes they they crawl through our beds. So 
yeah, as somebody who's like a self-proclaimed gay person, I'm I'm just also a bottom. And I I guess there's also like the penis thing where like, like you have to have 10 inches or whatever to be considered a top, which is it's not true. But you know, so yeah, there's that perception anyway. So like you have to be like big, like big and tall and like with a big dick to like be a top. So and yeah, I'm yeah, like I'm revealing pride formation. I don't have those things. I'm I'm taller than the average person. Mm-hmm. But you know. I think I've noticed in the Western world, there's a lot of like versatile gay men and like gay men like to partner up with like a guy who looks exactly like them, which is kind of weird. They, they would switch roles. And besides, what's the point of being gay if you're going to follow the heteronormative dynamic? But like to me, it's like I still can't wrap my mind around it. And I'm, ha- I, and I'm happy being a bottom. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, I guess like the top has the penis and like the bottom has the hole. Perhaps it's the same when it comes to, yeah, it's, perhaps the same with with straight people but with different things interesting so sorry for that to make sense okay so is it would you consider it the same because i I would you don't switch roles at all or anything like that or yeah like sometimes i've switched roles and i think most relationships exist so that you could switch the roles Mm -hmm. if you're in if if they're into that but yeah there's some people who just i'm the top you're the bottom and then it's it stays like that and you know but I guess, you know, people like the tops and the bottoms do different chores like outside of it. Or, yeah. You know, it's not like the bottom is like some housewife or something while the top makes the money or something. So like the roles are kind of like extended past the bedroom, but yet you're kind of defining the roles in the bedroom. Like this is what you guys do in bed, but then outside yeah. you guys kind of have full autonomy yeah, to do like, whatever. Yeah. And I guess like that's what sort of, uh, I have no idea what, how, what it was like before Grindr, before Manhunt, but just you also advertise what you are in bed. I'm a bottom, you're a top, let's get together. That's, that's what starts the relationship. But I guess it's maybe, yeah, like I think in the straight world, I guess it's, or the cisgender straight world, just, you know, like he's a man, she's a woman, they should be together. The guessing game for gay men are, yeah, there, there are more guessing games. There are more guessing games in the gay community. I think so, but let's see. I'm pretty sure, like the straight world, probably has their own their own version of the guessing games. What What is the guessing? Which part do you have to guess? Because you said like, no, I guess like other, or yeah, other than, yeah, other than like the sexual compatibility, it's like the money stuff and what are the people like when they're not having sex? A B C D E F. There's yeah, I guess like there are other criteria in the relationship uh, to make a relationship that I'm pretty I'm pretty sure is different in the straight world than it is in the gay world. Or yeah, or maybe there's the similarities too. Just not yeah, not everything is about sex. So, as we all know. Okay, so I just feel like it's interesting with the LGBTQ community that you know it is kind of obviously trying to not be the norm. You know, the the general cisgendered norm. Mm. But yet there's so much roles. You know, the fact that there is even a top and a bottom. Like there's no like top and bottom in heterosex. You know, but what what are mask and and femmes you know masculine people and femme people and like what is the hierarchy of that power play yeah it dep- basically like when i was when i was in this country the sexiest thing to be is to be straight acting we're just like we, i like they're in a rugby team they're super muscular and i guess the aids might have a lot to do with it too we're just like the more muscular you are the healthier as supposed to be. like if you're a skinny twink like why are you so skinny like well do you have something that keeps you skinny but like i think now because i'm mostly into masculine guys i'm trying to like unthink that but you know like muscles are hot to look at or just there are some people now who are into sort of genderqueer or 
like femi guys who basically like you know like they'd have heels on or they'd have like a purse on or they're i guess like they're they're cisgender male but they have something or like they they'd have nails on or something like that it's a lot of lgbtq people nowadays are all um thinking outside of heteronormative ideas of what makes a male person hot or somebody assigned male at birth hot well i think it's interesting that like basically if, if you're attracted to men everyone's attracted to the same type of man which is you know the you know chiseled muscular yeah. man and if you see in like pop culture and stuff like you know captain america and stuff like that like they exude that example and i think on the female side like there's just multiple women in different body sizes and shapes and they're celebrated you know mm-hmm. for for all of that and then if you look at porn there's like a million different types of female bodies you know like yeah. if you're looking at straight porn and then I don't know what you think of it with men though, but I think like in porn with men, they're, they're usually really like, they usually have that same muscular build look. Like yeah. they're like kind of tanks, you know, they, you never really see like yeah. uh, like a skinny dude in a porno, unless it says skinny dude in a porno, you know, like, yeah, or like, like a, you know, yeah, something please. you have to search for. I guess it's, yeah, I'm trying to notice, I guess basically another reason, because I'm trying to like put my mindset, what makes somebody attracted to this kind of man? Another reason why everybody's attracted to a chiseled, muscular Hollywood type with a gym membership who probably is 40 years old, but he could pass 27 is because it's, you know, like they're men where it's just like, if you, if you're attracted to like a skinny boyish type and just like, there's, there's something wrong with you. There's something kind of pedophilic about that or like ephemophilic about that. And there's been a stigma that a lot of people in, in the mainstream straight world think that like all, um, all homosexuals are pedophiles. So basically like, we're like in order to sort of like destroy that stereotype no we have to i'm gonna have to go for like a 30 year old muscular dude but yeah like there are i think there are some people who like are into twinkies and um <laughs> are into twinks there's also i think a lot of uh, i mean again you can counter me on this but i think the reason why like a lot of the k-pop guys are like the skinny twinky k-pop um, k-pop stars are like sex symbols for women now is just because it's like i don't want somebody who will overpower me interesting so you think it's a power play it's like, um, yeah, it's like the play. pretty boys going for like the kind of like beta roles. And then, you know, the woman can be the alpha, I guess, in that picture, you know, and be. Yeah. Or uh, it could be more, they could be, the, they could be both alphas or they could be both betas. I think the internet is sort of like opening up, like as much as like people still think that porn is exploitative, there's still the part of me that thinks that the internet is opening stuff up. We're just, I actually just discovered a Tumblr where it's guys with bellies. Mm-hmm. Some people find, yeah, some people find that hot. And just like, I think there was a, a porn Tumblr that I used to follow, which is basically muscular Asian guys, but like with a little bit of belly and just like, it was so eye-opening and just like, oh my God. Like, I mean, there's a part of me that like, I already know I'm hot, but just like, or when I was hot, I already knew I was hot, but just like, oh my God, there's there's somebody who sees me as me as opposed to just delu- this deluded person who like thinks I'm more attractive than I actually am, but like I'm not because I'm not white. So, mm-hmm. but you know. How, so how do you them, feel about like your own representation, like someone that looks like you in porn? Because like when I look at Asian girls in porn, they either oh. are like super young looking girls, you know, like they look like they're 12, you know, that's kind of the weird pedophilic thing, or they are like really mature and like has everything done, you know, and like it's like big boobs, big ass, big everything kind of thing. Yeah. Which is like both, both cases are unrealistic. Yeah, there's still like the the Asian bottom thing, 
and yeah, I guess like as an Asian bottom, like I don't mind that. But yeah, I, I wonder what it's like for an Asian top to just basically like all the porn I see are Asian. Or I, I remember in college, like or in university, like I actually knew a guy who was into Asian guys, like a bottom who was into like Asian tops. And like, yeah, it's basically like it took him like a whole day to find like an Asian top white bottom thing. We're just like, it's the internet. You could find any combination, but just like that combination somehow was like, the most difficult thing to find for him and um you know there are there are sites for basically like muscular asian guys like fucking each other you know it's like yeah like they're i think optimistic in the side that just like hey like everybody gets in the internet everybody gets represented now everybody has an only fans like and the people who like who are advertising their only fans like on my timeline like they don't look yeah, there's always like some there's like a weird flaw in them and i think some people kind of look for that if you have like that one little flaw that means like you're a real person and like some people are attracted to the real person as opposed to if you're like a white muscular twink. It's like this person doesn't exist. He says he has a name. He looks like he's breathing. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but like it's still like he, this person doesn't exist. I think it's it's wild that like suddenly muscular Asian guys, you know, started to get representation like just on the big screen, you know, like there's yeah. just been more representation. And I think typically, usually uh, at least for straight guys, straight Asian guys that I know, like usually find like a white girl, you know, because I don't, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people don't find Asian guys attractive because they're not that like typical muscular type. And then when they do, it's like that one unicorn hot Asian guy. And he's like the only one on TV, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah. selective. Yeah. To me though, I guess another reason why I'm not mostly attracted to Asian guys is because it's like, he, he'd remind me of like my cousin or something. Mm, okay. So yeah, basically, yeah, and I guess it's, there's like a group chat that I'm in and it's mostly like black guys and basically like I'm attracted to, like I'm, I'm starting to like be more attracted to black guys, which is great. But at the same time, it's like, I, I miss like my old self where like I'd be attracted to everybody. And but yeah, like oh, there's yeah. a gym of like S- South Asian guys. And the thing is like when, when people think of like South Asian, like I don't even know what like the, the media portrayal of South Asian guys, but like they're never sexualized, but just like, but there are so many hot, muscular, like South Asian guys in this neighborhood. Like, what, like, come on, Hollywood, like, op- or come on, Silicon Valley or whatever, wherever porn is being made nowadays. Just like open your eyes to like this variety of men who, who are hot, you know, who basically will have the same sort of like body type, but like the racial background is different. There's so, yeah, there's so many things. Hmm. Sometimes I also kind of feel like it's a duty for me to like, have sex with like Asian guys why just like you know what like yeah like because yeah like sometimes like when I find somebody hot like no we need to have sex right now you know like I would tap like an Asian like a muscular Asian guy like the muscular Asian unicorn on grinder or on scruff but like they they never tap me back but just like like I'll get them one way yeah I'll get one of them eventually you know and I'm I'm doing it for for the people why do you think that is necessary I've I've been told no Asian before either in person or in dating sites. So basically just like, I don't, I don't want to reciprocate that hate by like being only attracted to like white guys or black guys or like guys or not me. But again, it's like, I have to get over like the cousin thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is your um, ideal relationship scenario for you? Like, do you want like a casual thing? Do you want like a monogamous relationship? Do you want to follow a heteronormative space? Like, what is it for you? I don't know. I if like the hottest, I don't know, if Michael B. Jordan was like in front of me right now, like naked with a heart on and just like, we are going to do this forever. But then like my editor tells me, oh, by the way, like there's a new movie coming up and I want you to write about it. Or there's a cheese board or there's a like, good restaurant or something. 
I'm I'm gonna have to make a second guess. There are things that I enjoy sometimes more than sex. Mm-hmm. And some yeah, and there's still that part of me where just like I only have to enjoy one or the other. Because like sometimes like relationships are hard. You'd have to like drop everything for them. And sometimes I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I guess like I also want somebody who enjoys what I enjoy, which again, it's like I don't even know what gay men are into, but I guess it's like gay men are mostly into like what, like bodybuilding and all this shit. So I guess, you know, there's a part of me that likes that, but you know, I have like other artistic interests too. But if somebody was interested in my interests and if, uh, if another gay man has like things that are they're interested in that I might be interested in. So it's not just him liking all the things that I like. I want to like the stuff that he likes too. And if he's good in bed. Yeah, there's a lot of I'm limiting myself. So, and you know, how does it how does it grow from just a sexual relationship? Because you know, like grinder and stuff like that, like it begins with just like, hey, we're we gonna have sex, and then you do, and then how does it become more than just a one time thing? I guess maybe I'll tell you when I figure it out. But yeah, I have not figured that out yet. It's me. Yeah, it's still like that cycle of just like hi, like either like one night stands or just a series of dates that like eventually go nowhere. Yeah, I used, I mean, I used to have that too, where like that, that was all I did, you know, like I only cared about the quality of someone's sex. And like, if the sex was good, then that would be worth entertaining, learning about their personality, right? And I had that mentality for a really long time. And then I was just like, let me try and just like switch it up and try to know people first before knowing their body, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe that might change. Yeah the the sex when it happens I don't know like but at the same time like I think the media has made sex so important and prioritized it you know based on like how people look and like that instant attraction and I think um, at least here with like the relationships that I've had or you know you're writing these books too like they rely so much on this like initial connection of like ooh I feel they're like looking into my eyes and there's like all of these moments and is that the same in in your space where like you, you care about those those additional feelings or not? What what I was thinking more, it's, I guess back in the day whenever well, again, history is a weird thing, but there's like this nightmare scenario in the past where basically either you got forced into marriage or something, and then or I guess you know, or it's like it's like a more permissive thing that's still kind of marriage first before before sex. And then you know, you get to know this person and they're great. And then like eventually the, the sex comes and just like it's terrible. And like I'm stuck with this person for the rest of my life. And yeah, like that's that's also like a nightmare scenario mm-hmm. for me. And you know, but there are sort I think couples both gay and straight were basically just like, so we met um for three months we didn't have um for three months or six months we didn't have sex, and then like we and then after that we had sex and then it was great. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like I guess like you already, I think, falling in love with that person is already, like, that's part of the sexual journey. Everything I know about this person is, like, I'm taking it to the bedroom anyway, so whatever happens in the bedroom is already great. Which, good luck to them. <laughs> yeah, and it, I don't know. I think it's difficult because if you start to put all the precedents onto the sex and yeah, you're going to, anything that isn't mind-blowing sex to you, you're going to replace with a new potential of what that mind blowing sex is, right? You have porn, you have other things to look at. And then you're like, you know what? I don't want to settle because Mm -hmm. I don't want to get emotionally invested because the sex was kind of meh here to begin with. So (laughs) not enough, then what's the point? So I get that mentality, but 
then you're never going to see past that, you know, like it, it is narrow-minded. So how much do you prioritize sex? Like how important is it? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of bad where like, cause maybe it's the media or maybe, yeah, maybe it's my own thing where either I have to try before I buy or mm-hmm. I, I want that dopamine hit. I guess it's now it's consumerism. Imagine like having to like buying a glass of wine. So, by the way, like this wine is better when you like chill it in your, in your basement for like a whole year and then you and then you can drink it mm-hmm. which the, that's unthinkable i want to drink that wine now like i don't i don't care how much yeah i don't care if it's better next year it's wine i'll have it now and then you know you get the wine you're yeah you you drink the wine you're drunk and then it's great and then you move on to the next class which i think i'm the same way which yeah like i'm thinking of people as like consumer objects but same time it's like a lot of people a lot of people do that in their one way or another we're just like i have to know a, B, C, D, E, F first. But at the same time, I'm thinking about that. We're like, because, you know, what if the sex is good, but then they say something, I think what I said earlier, we're like, they say something that's like, that doesn't uh, align with me politically. So like, what, I guess if, if politics is more important to me than sex, like, do I sit a person down? Like, hi, what do you think of a, this issue and this issue and this issue? And then, oh, you check, like, after 100 questions, which I think not, not people, not a lot of people are even into that. Like they're, okay, fine, you can join me in the bedroom now. Or like, that's an exasperating process. Like, there was a guy that I was like meeting up with on Grindr where just, I am I am Ubering to his house or to his apartment so that I could have sex with him. But at the same time, when I'm entering somebody's house, I want to know what I'm getting into so that I leave satisfied. Or at least, you know, I don't feel like I'm exploited or something because like, it is it is my hole that I'm giving away. And the thing is like, like I'm asking him all these questions and then he's just like, you're starting to annoy me. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I need to ask these, qu- like, even the sexual questions kind of just like annoy people. You, you kind of need, yeah, you kind of need to know what you're getting into before you're getting into something. I, You know, I, I think like, I've always heard this, like a lot of gay couples, like talk about sex way more before they get there because there's so many variances yeah. between it. And I, I think like straight couples just like have sex. And then there's, that's why they have problems with like consent and everything. Right. So what do you, what, what are the yeah, questions? Yeah. Yeah, and, and especially in this moment where, like, I think even, like, women, they would take a picture of, like, the, um, yeah, I guess, like, if a guy's, like, taking them somewhere for a ride or something, a good tip would be, like, take a picture of their license plate. Yeah, okay. like, women take pictures of, like, guys' license plates or something. For, like, then, safety, like, yeah. Yeah, just for safety reasons. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, like, pretty, yeah, pretty much it's, like, I, yeah, I, I need to know what I'm getting into. It's because also, also like, I mean, as as oversexualized as we are, like sexual assault happens in the gay community. So like we do not want a part of that. So like maybe we have to sort of like frame it a certain way. So like, so baby, what turns you on and what are you into? But as opposed to or like, do you like this or do you like that? As opposed to just like, so what what as opposed to just like a scientific what are your interests in the bedroom? Like, I guess we have to make it make all these questions sexy, which is so yeah, which again, it's it's too much hard work just to find like the person that you're gonna be with compatibly annoying so which questions do you ask and which questions do they like not want to answer for you yeah it's it's been a while but yeah like i think because one of like my my constant sexual partners and by the way like this guy i'm probably gonna end up like having sex with this guy for the rest of my life just because it's like we don't have feelings which is sort of frustrating but you know instead of like diving into the pool i'm dipping into the water like once in a while but just like he doesn't kiss. And especially now, apparently like the health advisory now, it's like wear a mask during sex, mm-hmm. which was kind of hot. 
You so, did that? You were mastering sex recently? Yeah. Yeah. For like a hookup? Yeah. Or like a, or like a regular hookup? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, he was, he was a regular, like I've been sleeping with this guy for like years now and just like, and the other thing is like, he didn't want to see me for a long time just because of like, he's paranoid. Even before the pandemic, he would like make me wash his hands before doing anything, which is great. Mm-hmm. Or like, I'm, I'm disgusting. <laughs> so like, thank God, like one of us is a clean freak. So why, why do you think you're going to have sex with him forever? Just because it's like, you're not emotionally invested or both of you are not, or what, what do you mean? Yeah, I think like I would like to be more emotionally invested, but at the same time, I also have the feeling that if I hung out with this person too long, I'll I'll hate him. The less I know about him, the better, and the sex is good enough that like I don't yeah, that I don't have to do that stuff. Do you guys communicate that? Like, is that clear that that's all you guys are? Yeah, I I, I guess yeah, we haven't like made like boundaries or whatever, but at the same time, like I'd be like, I want to cuddle with you all night, and just like it's like cool anyway like i kind of have to sleep i kind of have to wake i have an early morning tomorrow it's every single time so you know and i guess it's like when i was younger just because there's like the rape panic right so i would never sleep over the guy's house like it doesn't matter like it like if everything was going so well like i'd have to like leave here just in case this person does something to me like when i'm asleep or something i would rather like die in the street like get hit by a car on the street cuddle with the person all night but like I think I've that I got over that eventually why was why was that a fear for you what happened yeah I guess there's that thing I guess also like you were you were asking me about like the way I was raised to I think my mom would actually like tell me about this thing where I think she told me this when I was a kid or whatever where they would these adult straight men would find teenage gay boys or like preteen gay boys you know, you're discovering yourself, you're flamboyant enough sometimes. That's how you ex- that's how you express yourself when you're a 12-year-old gay boy. They'd find them and then mm-hmm. like, they'd kill them and mutilate them or something like that. So like, that's still like a thing that I would think of. Like someone's out there to like, you know, oh like God. I can't stay over the guy's place just in case like they kill me or something, which I, I'm sure you know, there's some women who think that. Yeah, oh, like, women are like, you know, same thing, you know, stay sexy, don't get murdered, right? And it's always the, yeah. <laughs> that whole situation. Okay, so, but with this, this one consistent guy that you're with you guys don't talk about the status of your relationship emotionally and you kind of just like mm-hmm. sidestep around stuff do you think that's because like you're both men and you both kind of intrinsically know how the yeah. other person feels because I think like if you listen if you just like listen to just like guys talking to each other you know whether they're gay or straight like I think there's like a commonality of your gender you know of how you understand and carry yourself and same thing with women talking to other women but yeah you know, when it's a man talking to a woman, I think it's like two different species, right? And they can't like communicate that. So I think that's where the main communication breaks down. Whereas you're saying like, yeah. it kind of just goes without saying, you'd say. Mm-hmm. I guess like, yeah, that kind of reminds me of like one of the scenes that I had where the billionaire buys like a house in like in the middle of the valley or something like that. And then I guess they have the best sex ever. But then like, I guess after dinner, I'm writing like, a female character but I guess like I'm still a man writing a female character and basically just uh, he would ask her so do you like your freedom it's like yeah it's like the most emotionally stunted thing but yeah it kind of felt like that where like sometimes it's like inverted where like there's some guys who like I really I really like you and then like the girl's like no like I I just like being friends right now yeah do you think that's like rare I I don't again I don't know it's like I guess I'm I don't want to assume that like basically like, most women want to be attached to a man and like most men, like most men are like wanderers like I'm pretty sure like, especially now that like, people are 
rethinking gender roles. Like I'm sure there are a lot of women who are like, you know what? I don't I don't want a guy pinning me down. Like I wanna be a CEO and you know, and I can't do that while I'm married. So I'm just gonna fuck around instead and be my CEO self. What what do you think the that I guess the most like toxic traits are of like the traditional male masculine character, you know, that um, are kind of dangerous. I guess it's just like there's a lot of like high expectations and also I think there's like the Dunning Kruger thing where like there's some guys who mm-hmm. like think, oh I can do everything and then like they get into this position of power and then everybody finds out how incompetent they are. Which by the way, I, I don't think there's like a real life example of that. Can you think of like a real life example of a guy being too powerful for his own good? <laughs> all of them? <laughs> yeah, all, uh and but yeah, like and there's and then there's like there's even I think men like me who have internalized like I'm not good enough and basically they stay where they are when they're like in their 20s and I feel like there are a lot of straight men and gay men who are like that way so yeah like sometimes it's yeah either like having too much ego or not having too much ego like just extremes of anything and I think that stuff like that eventually bleeds into like a sex life where just a guy thinks he's too good in bed even though he's not or men who may have healthy sex lives but do not want to reach out just because of like they don't want to get hurt Mm-hmm. why is there that that fear like either you accept yourself your fate as that or like you're afraid of trying i think it's like a kid thing like maybe when i was a kid or whatever just like or i'd like to hang out with you like hey guys i want to hang out with you guys like no and i guess it's like i just don't ask people but yeah i would rather not ask people and then get rejected and then i'd actually have like friends who would call me out on that's like why am the, why am i the one who like keeps asking you to hang out well because i don't want to ask you and then you say no <laughs> but wouldn't so, you by they, now know that they wouldn't say no yeah everything's even like with family or whatever like sometimes your patience run, runs out with like even the closest members of your family and if that's true with family it's true with friends it's true with the relationships like sometimes yeah you don't want to be stuck with people who like you don't like so you have to sever okay. ties which has its own faults i want to wrap up with so i know you were you write a lot of fiction from the female perspective right so yeah. Out of that, what negative ideas do fem- do your female friends have about themselves that you wish you could change, you know, and, and might be based on, you know, the stories that you're told to tell? I think I idealize my female friends because yeah, I guess you also do. like, yeah, like the thing, yeah, the thing about like the pandemic now is just basically my, my roommates are all men, my, you know, like my, all my coworkers are male gun to my head like please kill me now like but yeah like I think the closest person that I actually like hang out with um that like I still talk to is like do work as with like have dinners with is my sister mm-hmm. and yeah she's she's basically so I was like sort of like the smart nerdy one she was like she was also rebelling in her own different way but and I guess like with Asian families like everybody just assumes that the guy's gonna go further than the girl mm-hmm. but like okay. I think it's the exact opposite like she's my idol and yeah it's basically like she she gets things done and I feel like every woman I'm around with get their things done and just like if they're if they have flaws and they have, they have insecurities they're not telling me which I guess do I want to know maybe I think there's a part of me that wants to know and there's a part of me that doesn't want to know just because it's like yeah like and then I'd help and then I'd want to help them and then I'd like fail in wanting to help them so yeah but for now like most of the women I know are superheroes okay then yeah, can I, I guess, can like, I, flip? They should, I guess my female friends should open up more. Maybe that's the thing. Okay. Like men should open up more. Women should open up more. Everybody's okay. the same. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
That's fair. Out of everything that we talked about today, is there anything, like any topics that jumped out at you that you would want to invite another man to elaborate on further in another episode on the show? I guess, yeah, like you talked about like, I guess like the two kinds of like women in Asian porn. And then like you said, I guess like mature. And I guess like when you were exploring what this mature Asian woman looked like, because of like, she has like, like big boobs, big big everything. It's like, oh, like she's like a regular woman in her twenties or thirties. But just like, when you said the word mature, like I imagined a 40 year old Asian MILF. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm big. I'm pretty sure that exists. And apparently, because yeah, like in the gay world, a lot of the sex and a lot of the porn feels like racially segregated. Everybody's heard of Joe Rogan before he went. I mean, he's always been insane, but like he, when he was like mildly insane, like he would say that like most of the porn that he sees is interracial, but either that's his search engine or that's his thing or like of like the, the racial dynamics in either porn or sex or life. Like if, I guess, if you want to maybe make, put, your, uh, put the men in the podcast in the hot seat and talk, talk to them about race. Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, like I would argue about, you know, Joe Rogan and that porn interracial stuff, because that's, that's a way of showing dominance. Cause usually like who, what kind of girl is, is, you know, the guy fucking right. And like, yeah. that's, that's showing that dominance over another race usually. Right. Like whoever's bottom is kind of yeah. like lesser than right. Yeah. Or I guess it's like, yeah. Like in I don't necessarily like watch a lot of straight porn, but I think like I see a lot of like the cowgirl and reverse cowgirl things just because it's, you know, like nobody wants to see like if it's like missionary or doggy or whatever, like there's still like that chance of like seeing a guy and like most guys do not want to see guys. So basically it'd be like a cowgirl reverse cowgirl scenario. But like it's does that is that still like a dynamic? What about um, do, men, do men watch feminist porn? Um, do, yeah, do men watch porn with like different body types and like what do those different body types look like or how are how do these body types exist within a straight male gaze yeah yeah there's a yeah a lot of topics do you, do you watch the same type or do you watch a variety of different types of porn um, and races of porn and i guess it's like um, when it comes to um my gay porn now it's just basically like I go on Reddit or whatever, and then like sometimes they link me to a video, and sometimes it's good. It's just, like um the last one that I actually watched was oh yeah the last one I watched was like a black guy and like either like an Afro Latinx man and like it's like different positions etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Is there a power yeah, play like, or are they equal? I think, yeah, like I think the the top has more power than the bottom. I'm also kind of like thinking because like obviously like movie stars don't exist anymore. Yeah. there are no movies anymore and like yeah even like with porn or whatever i think when i was younger like there was like the one porn star who was like he was the hottest porn star like yeah he's always like a white guy or something and then like i think when i was in high school like the biggest porn star was like a biracial black dude mm. and then like i think now i don't i don't even know who like the hottest like gay porn star is like at the same time like with like the street guys like what's like what does it say to our society when like everybody's into jenna jameson or everybody's into like sasha gray or Mia Khalifa or yeah like what what does like the or like the the top one percent person on OnlyFans like what does that say about like society if like this is the person that everybody's attracted to that's what I mean like then that means every there everyone has to only have sex one way or with like one type of person yeah. and that's kind yeah. of weird Bo- yeah and, and boring <laughs> yeah and, and I guess boring, it's like yeah, yeah. It, it, 
yeah, and it feels like it's too fra- like society's too fragmented now that like there's no Jenna James. We don't have a Jenna Jameson anymore. I don't know. I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's super yeah. weird because at the same time there is like new porn or like you know independent porn. You know, people can have their own like yeah. OnlyFans accounts and like prostitution is just expanded and then the concept of it which is both good and bad and mm. you know but there is a standard of like a specific look i think that's yeah the porn look you know whatever that's supposed to be and that's creating a problem because now that's going to be the ideal that everyone has to aspire to another way that i consume porn is like through reddit or whatever we're just like some guys will just like hey like i'm just gonna show a naked picture to myself we're just like anybody into dad bods and anybody into skinny guys and just like are you kidding me everybody's yeah like i guess like they people are there like there are people maybe women too we're just like they don't think that their body type is good enough but like so like anybody like girls with small tits or anybody like girls with big tits and just like they would always like they would word it in such a way that nobody likes their body type but in, in a way that they would like also like karma whore about it we're just like please yeah please like the thing that i don't that i that i'm saying that i don't like about myself but i actually like about myself it's it's a it's a weird dynamic Huh, okay, that's interesting that they want that validation, but then they're also saying that that's something that people don't like, but then that means yeah. that's something that they don't like. So it's a lot of a lot of projections there. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thank you for this conversation. It's been really yeah, like informative. It's been great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay, sure. I know there's more to relationships than just sex, but with so much focus on how attracted we are to our partners, how much is it really about that connection than it is just to check off a box that we set for our sexual fantasies? And to take that even further, are we being set up to all think that the same one type is the one and only type that we should all be attracted to? What does that say about us if we're not attracted to that standard? This has been a really exciting conversation, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. And as always, make sure to subscribe. And if you'd like to be on the show or know of someone with a unique perspective, slide into my DMs at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday with more episodes of The 100 Masked Men.